Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. If you would open your Bibles to Proverbs 23, 23, I know you guys have that one memorized, and... Uh, but I, what I want to do is today, I want to give some context for what we've been doing in this series. We're kind of at the midpoint. I'm going to just do a little bit of review and a little bit of where we're going and ultimately have a, have a word for fathers in the middle of all of this as well. So let's just start with a couple of scriptures here and this admonition from the Lord to remember. Okay, so first of all, Proverbs 23, 23, everybody needs to know this verse. This is a great verse. By the truth and do not sell it. Get wisdom, discipline, and understanding. I had a mentor years ago that told me, said, Jamie, this verse is so important for us because we all have to buy the truth. I don't, it's, it's like the truth actually costs. Like getting something inside of you, wisdom that's knowledge with life experience, it costs to get that. It's not free. You have to live through stuff and if you choose not to pay the price to own that truth, then you come around to it later in life and the price goes, there's inflation. Everybody understand? It costs more next time. It's not easier, it's, it's, it's harder. If we say, no, I don't want to learn that truth right now, it's harder the next time around. So that's, that's important. That's part of laying the foundation for what we're talking about today. Second one, throughout Scripture, we are told by the Lord We are commanded to remember, remember the Lord, right? Over and over and over again. Remember the Lord. Remember the works of the Lord. Remember the miracles of the Lord. Remember what the Lord has done. And so this is an important part of actually being a Christian is remembering. Okay, what we just did here, the Lord's Supper. He says, remember me when you do this. Like he put this, built this into our DNA that we would be a remembering people. God's called us to do that. Jesus, in Revelation, He's talking to the church at uh, Sardis. The church at Sardis in Revelation 3, verse 3. And He says to them, wake up and remember what you've received and heard and obey it. Wake up and remember. That's the, the command there. And then Paul tells us about wisdom, that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, this is Colossians chapter 2, verse 3, all the, tre- all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are, are found in Jesus Christ. He is the one who reveals the mystery of God. You want to know how to really know what's going on? Look to Jesus Christ. Okay, so we've got this remembering thing going on. And as we go through different life experiences, successes and failures, joys and trials and all these different things, it's important for us not to forget what the Lord has given us as we go through those times. Okay? Everybody tracking? That's what we're doing in this series, in the Firm Footing series. You know, it's interesting. uh, I was at yesterday the Antioch Open, and you can only imagine what kind of shots were coming off my golf club. Use your imagination, actually. <laughs> we were, Trevor was in my group, and, and we were not taking ourselves serious, too serious, too seriously. We were taking a little bit, but not much. Um, but it's fun. After, I, we had lunch afterwards, 
and I was sitting with Chris Clifton, and he leaned over to me and he said, you know, Jamie, he said, one thing I'm doing right now is I've been getting so much. I've been, the Lord's been showing me so much stuff, and he just finished the D school. He said, and I, he said, what I'm needing to do right now is just pause and take note. The Lord's really leading me to pause and take note of what he's been doing in my life. And I was like, that's great that you say that because that's exactly what I'm going to be preaching on tomorrow. Firm footing for the journey. We all need it. And this is how this thing got going. Years ago, my spiritual dad, a guy named Don Fento, who's almost 90 now, uh, he came to us, there was a couple of, of his sons in the Lord there with him, and he said, hey guys, what are those places of revelation in your lives that you're not going to let go of? What are those revelatory, that was actually the word he used, those revelatory places, places of revelation where God's spoken to you, he's met you, you've learned some truth, and it was hard to learn or whatever, but God met you and you're not going to let go of that. That is firm footing for mountain climbing. And so you can imagine somebody climbing up a mountain and they've got a firm place to put their foot. It's a foothold. And you're not going to slip. You're not going to fall down. You're not going to go back below that point, but you're going to keep growing. And so that's what's going on in this series. It is good for us to remember what the Lord has spoken to us. In fact, the, uh, the Old Testament ends in Malachi chapter 3, verse 16, with just uh, this very thing is happening. Those this is Malachi 3.16 says, Then those who feared the Lord, they talked with each other. So they had a conversation. And the Lord listened and heard. And a scroll, here it is, a scroll of remembrance was written in the presence, in His presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored His name. So it's important for us, um, I don't know that it's like a scroll of remembrance, but everybody needs this kind of remembering going on in your lives so that you don't let go of what God has done in us and for the journey. So, uh, overview of the series here. This is kind of where we've been, where we're going. Uh, Laura kicked us off with firm footing for hard times. And who doesn't know that we need firm footing? When hard times kick in, man, we need solid places to stand. Then Jason brought a great word on firm footing for community, for community. And he literally preached the triune God out of Ecclesiastes 4. Way to go, bro. That was like part of my hope for doing that stuff we did last year. That was awesome. Totally surprised me. And uh, then last week, Chris had a great title. Uh, Chris uh, and preached and, and uh, firm footing for walking on water. You know, the life of faith, that God's calling us to step out of the boat. That's, that's a normal kind of living, is life with faith in Jesus. Today's firm footing for uh, the Father's love on Father's Day. We'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, then next week, we're looking at firm footing when we're offended. That sound like that might be helpful. Anybody ever, like six or seven of y'all get offended sometime in the past? Yeah. We all need that. Firm footing then the week after that for intimacy with Jesus. Firm footing for intimacy with Jesus. And then this, I'm plugging you, this beautiful uh, wife of 32 years here is going to be finishing up this series with a firm footing for ongoing forgiveness. And forgiveness, it's important for us because it's a word when we were waiting on the Lord early in the year, we felt like forgiveness was going to be coming up popping up again and again as we preach through the year, and we just, we need it. So we can't overdo it. Everybody will be saying it in different ways. 
But today, I want to show how these places touch our lives and then give a special word of encouragement to fathers. So here's the main thing. God wants us to know and remember the places of truth and revelation in our lives so that we can walk in all that He has for us in life. You know, so we need to know those places so that we can walk in all that He has for us, that remembering that's going on there. So first one, first key point for this day is that, first of all, everyone needs firm footing. Everybody needs it. We all need it. There's nobody that's immune to this. We all need it. If we can put up right now those uh, 31 points, 31 points. This was originally in 1999, and uh, this becomes really funny in the next service when more than half of our members were either not born or toddlers or something. But I, I preached this. So Don asked me that question. I heard him preach on firm footing, and I thought, I'm going to do that. And what resulted was a 31-point sermon. I did it in 30 minutes. It was a real sermon. It really happened. 31-point sermon, 30 minutes. I'm not going to do it right now. But these are the kinds of things that I'm talking about. Knowing, assurance that you have eternal life. That the blood of Christ continually cleanses us. That uh, to live a life of faith, have purpose in life, the brevity of life. I mean, that was a big one for me. I, I had a revelation. I'm going to die. I would have all these midlife crises. And it was good. No open collar, gold chains, Harleys. But just a sense of wanting to do something that mattered with my life. Yes. You know, so it's this kind of stuff. Uh, go ahead and flash the Jesus is how we interpret Scripture. That's a big one for me, right? Go on. Uh, worship is revealed in Scripture. I mean, these are huge places where God's met us. Uh, I'll, I don't want to get into antinomies, uh, but it's just God is three, God is one. We go, oh, how can that be? In the mind of God, it's all right. Okay, that's that's what an antinomy is. Seems to be. Uh, contradictory, but but it's they're in harmony. Uh, the church and simplicity and power. God's power for today. Loving the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm actually going to touch on that verse, but not that point today. Like that verse is still getting unpacked as a new place of revelation in my life. Praying the scriptures, corporate prayer. Um, flash it. Decide. Yeah. Uh, fasting. Getting up early. All, all these different kinds of things. So those are examples of what I'm talking about. Does that make sense? So everybody's got these places from Nathan to Tanner to James to Claire to everybody's got places where God's met us. And some of those things might be on your list, but it might be some other things. Another way of saying what I'm talking about is to say a farmer went out to sow his seed. And some fell on the rocky path. The hard path, and some fell over in the in, in the rocks, and some fell in the weeds, but some fell on good soil, and it brought forth a harvest. And so the the disciples came and they asked Jesus about this, and turn to Mark chapter four verse thirteen. This is an important point I want us to get about this whole thing about remembering. Okay, so in verse thirteen. Jesus said to them, because they're asking, hey, what, what's this mean? And Jesus says, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? Okay, so what I want to say here is this parable is the key to understanding all the parables. 
It's like a key that unlocks the door. It's like, it's like when we understand that the parables are Jesus sowing seed into our hearts, and it can land on good soil or it can land on soil where the world's been walking, you know, in our lives where we're going the path of the world, and it doesn't get down in there. It's snatched away, right? Or it gets over into the, the, the weeds and it's choked out by the worries and the anxieties of life and it doesn't, it, 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 it grows a little bit, but we say, oh, that's good. Wait, amen. Uh, yes, what a good word. But then we get out in our lives, it just gets choked out, right? But then the, the, the seed that lands on good soil bears a, a harvest, Jesus says there at the very end. Others like seed sown on good soil hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, or even a hundred times what was sown. So this whole firm footing thing is just another way of me saying, what are the seeds of the kingdom that have been sown into your lives that you want to hold on to and not let go of? You ever like something happened years ago and you're like, man, boom, that just impacted me and then you realized you've kind of drifted away from that word meaning as much to you kind of got choked out a little bit or snatched away we, we all do that nobody's nobody does this perfectly so but it's just a call for us to remember to to go there again with the lord you know i i just want to do a challenge here even today and the challenge is what are the places of firm footing in your lives so, and, and the, the challenge even more is, I, I'll just, is it okay for me to give you some homework? A little homework assignment? Uh, yeah, the homework assignment is to get somewhere with you and the Lord. It'll be your quiet time tomorrow. It could be some time this afternoon. But get a journal. Get a journal and just ask the Lord, Lord, what are the places of firm footing where you've met me? What are these re those revelatory places in my life? that I don't want to let go of and write them down. Now, this is the, I don't know that I've really preached like those that exact sermon again, but I've referred to that sermon so many times down through the last 19 years when I preached it. I mean, think about it. I mean, I've gone to that thing a lot. And there's been a there's a couple of those that are maybe faded a little bit, but those are like really important to me. And so the point I'm trying to say here is that uh, if you'll get with the Lord and write it down, the, the weakest ink is better than the strongest memory. So if you'll write it down, then as the years go by, it doesn't just fade away, but you've got it. And, and because what we're talking about right now, this is important. This is not just like any other sheet of paper or journal entry. This is what has God shown you that's allowing you to make it for the long haul and for the journey. So really, really important. Uh, and, you know, as we're transitioning here to the second point of this, of this sermon, uh, you know, for me, I, just, I, I was brainstorming this morning a little bit over the weekend, just thinking about some of the different ones that are big. Y'all probably know some of them because you, you're hearing them. You know, in the last 19 years, there's a bunch of stuff that's, so, uh, you know, the Father's love is going to be right knowing the Father's love. Knowing the triune relational God of love that's revealed in Jesus Christ who reveals to us as the Son 
the eternal Son of the eternal Father, His relationship of love in the fullness of the shared anointing and communion of the Holy Spirit. That, would, that took too many words to say that. But just relational God of love. Um, let's see. The story of God. You know, the big sweeping. We talk about that creation to new creation. And, you know, we live in light of this story that's happened. And we live here in this creative space of the fifth act in light of all that's happened before us. And what are we doing? We're signposts pointing toward the future that God is wanting to usher in and through us, right? Those are just solid places of of, uh, revelation, you know, in my heart, but also I think in, in the church. It's something He's given us, you know, that we see God by looking at the Lord Jesus Christ. And He's very clear. We'll touch on that here in just a moment. But, uh, you know, I could keep going, but just let's, let's look at this thing about the Father's love here for a second. Second point for the day, Father's Day, is that fathers need firm footing. Not only does everybody need firm footing, everybody does, but fathers need firm footing. Can I get a witness from the fathers? Can I get a witness on behalf of the fathers? <laughs> it's just kind of tricky, but it's a good point. <laughs> um, Fathers need firm footing. We do. And so think about it. I mean, a firm footing for a father who needs identity, security, acceptance, significance, freedom, uh, wholeness. Somebody shout one out. I mean, all of those things are what we need as dads, right? And and everybody else listen in on this too because everybody else needs all this stuff too, right? So, But fathers need this because fathers are in this incredibly significant place of expressing that in a way that other people can hear it in their sphere of influence, which is first and foremost with your spouse and then with your family. So I woke up the other morning, I don't know, Monday or something, and I had this thought just kind of float through my head. Anybody ever feel like God, you get some kind of God stuff right there in the morning, just some clarity. Maybe I wasn't thinking about something, but just boom, it it comes. And so I had this thought, uh, and this this may give some insight onto things I think about too, but but, uh, my thought was, imagine the world without fear. It It was just totally random. It wasn't like I was sitting around, had a dream about it. But imagine the world without fear. I thought, man, that's that's a powerful thought. Because 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says, a lot of you guys know this verse, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. And so it was just this really, I started thinking about the love of God. Like, really is the trajectory that we're going for. Really would solve the world's problems. Imagine a world without fear. Imagine a world without unforgiveness. So everybody that has the different reasons for holding on to grudges and that kind of stuff, imagine a world without unforgiveness. Without unforgiveness. 1 Corinthians 13 says that love keeps no record of wrongs. That's love breaking in, in and through us. The love of God, the love of God, the love of God. In fact, 
All those things in 1 Corinthians 13, imagine the world without impatience and unkindness and people that are easily angered. You see what I'm saying? Like What you end up with is the world the way God intended for it to be. Marked by love. And I know sometimes people, I, I feel like I'm a broken record about the, the love of God. Sorry. Um, you know, I mean, wow, what a, that'd be tough, you know, at the end of the day, like he just talked about God's love too much. Um, I'm kidding, right? You know, and so this, even on the, unfor, on the unforgiveness thing, Kim and I were talking about this because she's going to be speaking on it in a couple of weeks. But uh, I was just thinking, when she said something, it just hit me. I had a, a revelation like forgiveness is one of the most image-bearing things that we can do. Not just receiving forgiveness, but giving forgiveness. Like God forgave everybody in Jesus Christ. And so to be in His image is to be a forgiving people. A people who receive forgiveness but also a people who give forgiveness. And so, you know, just uh, on this updating my own list, I, you know, I'm going to put the Father's love right up at the top. And the way I want us to get at this just one more time, uh, turn in your Bibles to John 17, and I want to ask this question. What was God doing before creation? What was God doing before creation? This, this passage is going to give us a little bit of insight into that. We don't know everything God was doing, but we know something that God was doing. We know that there are some things that were there and there's some things that were not there. You know? And so, what was God doing before creation? He was in a relationship. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. A relationship of love. And so, John chapter 17, verse 24, and I, I would encourage everybody, make much of John 14 through 17, and especially John 17, because this is the, the prayer that he prays right before the cross. This is, this is the point, kind of. It's a way of saying this is the point of Jesus' life. So here we go. Father, I want those that you've given me to be with me where I am. Okay? That's what Jesus is trying, that's what he wants to do. He, I want those you've given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. Okay? What does the glory of Jesus look like? We define glory in different ways. We say this is as it should be. But I think one of the, the pieces of revelation for me is that the glory of Jesus is the love that's shared between him and the Father. He wants us to see that. I want them to be with me where I am and to see my glory. The glory that you've given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. So, you know, one of the things that's so encouraging about that is that we have a God that didn't have to figure out how to start loving when He created us. Not a single solitary God often black infinity and then I create people now I've got to start loving no he was from eternity always in a loving relationship between the father the son and the fullness of their love in the Holy Spirit that's just good news man that makes God like way better than 
darkened conceptions of a singular modality God hidden off in the blackness that came up with an idea to do creation one day. But instead, out of the fullness and overflowing love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, He creates. And He creates us, Ephesians specifically says, for adoption into this family. A family of love. He wants us to know His love. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Father, righteous Father, verse 25, though the world does not know You, I know You. And they know that You sent Me. So here we go. Verse... To, to know how important this verse is to me, you got to know that on that original list, one of the things I wrote down is loving the Lord Jesus Christ. And the reason I wrote that down is because on October 11th, 1993, God gave me a revelation about loving Jesus in this verse. I'd read it a hundred times before, but I read it on October 11th, 1993, and I realized that I was going to love the, I was going to love Jesus with the Father's love. That's what Jesus is praying for us. Father, they have the love that you have for me in them. Mind blown, trajectory forever changed and with passion for Jesus. That makes sense? So that it was already a big deal verse for me. Now, let's, let's read it again. Verse 26, and this is the blow away for me, is this first phrase. In the second phrase, third phrase, and fourth. There's th- four phrases, but they all just... Push. So... He says, Righteous Father, I have made you known to them. Okay, just Selah. Let's just say that together. I have made you known to them. Think about that. I have made you known to them. Just, just let that be like a cow. Like chew the Word of God. Jesus is saying to us, I have made you known. Father, I have made you known to them. And on Father's Day, it's really important. It's almost counterintuitive, and we talk about this a lot, but it's almost counterintuitive for us to look to Jesus to understand what the Father's like. But that's exactly what Jesus says to do. To see me is to see the Father. He's the image of the invisible God, the radiance of the glory of God. We can't come up with ideas about fathers, and I'm going to just say some things about God and fathers, and I'm going to hit the mark. Jesus says, no, you can study the Scriptures all day long, but if you refuse to come to Me, you will not understand what those Scriptures are about and miss God completely. Jesus Christ is the key. Father, I have made You known to them. I just, wow! And will continue to make You known. That's good. I've made You known and I will continue to make You known in order, here's the phrase from all those years ago, in order that the love that you have for me may be in them. But even this last phrase too, and that I myself may be in them. We're coming to a time where Christ is all and is in all. And knowing Him is knowing life. And knowing Him is knowing the Father's love. More and more. Fathers need this revelation on Father's Day so that... why? Okay, why do we need to know the Father's love so much? The Father's heart so much? In a world of fear and anxiety, who doesn't need love to drive that out? In a world of misplaced and mistaken goals and things, we need the joy the acceptance, the significance, the security, 
the hope that comes from knowing the Father's love, from being secure in myself where I'm not just, just like this all the time, wound up. I need this. I need it in my own life. You know, and, and we are talking about the security. When I say security, acceptance, significance, it's that Jesus is bringing us into the security, acceptance, and significance of His own relationship with His Father. Like, we get in on that. That's what, it's not like just, hey, I'm giving you some of this. No, I'm, I'm bringing you into me. And I'm going to live in you. And I'm bringing you right into my own face-to-face relationship with my Father. And that's what you get in on. And that just brings peace to our troubled souls. Now here's where I want to land this. You know, fathers need this because fathers are in an influential, important place of of shaping and changing the world because families are shaped through fathers and mothers. But families are shaped. And then spheres of influence are shaped through those families. Different pockets of influence and workplaces and things and medicine and politics and all these different places are influenced by what happens to us in our families. We go out and what happens in our church life here. And ultimately, God's plan is that his love, his kingdom, his life, his grace, his forgiveness, his peace, his hope, all of those things would break in and through us in our city, in the region, the state, the nation, the nations. This is the way this thing happens. This is the way it gets worked out. That's the it's kind of the, the message. I'll finish with this, though. Um, So everybody needs firm footing. Fathers need firm footing. Larry Kreider has been on our board of advisors for many years, and he has this saying. He says, uh, the main need of a team leader is affirmation. And the main need of a team member is time. It's kind of an oversimplification, but it's a really good little basic little statement. And why, I, I had this thought yesterday. What if we thought about that with families and fathers? The main need of a, of a father is affirmation. And the main need of team members, family members, is time, attention, being there. So... Everybody's got a dad that needs some affirmation. They're either sitting here or they're your dad and he's somewhere else. Maybe there's pain in those relationships, all that. But the love of God allows healing to happen, allows fear to be pushed, allows forgiveness to happen. And it allows that affirmation to happen. So I want to affirm fathers, way to go. And call fathers to... Share who you are and what God's given you with the people that need it the most all around you. It's Father's Day. So let the affirmations begin. Let the love expressed in time begin. Y'all stand up. We want to respond to the Lord here today. Um, Ministry team, come on up. Worship team, come. Amen.
So, yeah, the word I've been praying all morning just for the church today is just encouragement. I pray that just encouragement, where you need encouragement on anything we've talked about, if it's receiving the Father's love, if it's giving the Father's love, if it's affirming or being affirmed, or just needing a breakthrough in something that this is touched on in your own life, man, let's get prayer. Let's just pray for, for breakthrough. Why not? And, you know, if you need to say, I want to follow you, Jesus, so that I can know your love, let's start that journey today. Just tell somebody that you came with, and they'll pray with you. Come up front, get prayer. And again, as always, you guys, whatever your need is, if you're, don't leave without getting somebody to pray. If you've got a need this morning and you need some help, get somebody to pray for you. And just let encouragement flow in the room right now. We've got plenty of time here to just respond in ministry. So let's just want to get some prayer. Go for it. Front fills up. Get somebody else to pray for you. Release the prayer in Jesus' name. Come on.